The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Law acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to their elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Welcome to a really special bonus episode of Brand New Little People. I'm your host, Dr. Fallon Cook, and I'm here with Dr. Laura Conway. Hello. <laughs> we're doing this special bonus episode because um, we're about to launch our Sombell for Toddlers program, which is all about resolving sleep and settling difficulties in those lovely but sometimes very tricky little toddlers. <laughs> um, and we wanted to do an episode where we just talk a bit about why we developed it, where all that passion for sleep comes from, um, and you kind of get to know us a little bit better um, and, and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and we thought that might be just a nice little thing to listen into. Maybe not. You'll probably give us feedback and we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll know <laughs> one way or the other. It. <laughs> That's it. So I'm going to kick off, um, put you in the hot seat, Fallon. Um, <laughs> So, listen, I was wondering if you could talk about what inspired you to create the Sombell for Toddlers program um, and kind of in particular how your passion for paediatric behavioural sleep medicine has played a role in its development. Yeah. So, yeah, look, all of my postdoctoral work over, gosh, a long time now, it's probably 12 13, 13, maybe even 14 years. Oh gosh, keeps getting longer and longer. Um, but all essentially focused on sleep during infancy. Um, it was just a really big passion of mine. I just find it absolutely fascinating that we've kind of, you know, everyone's got these three pillars of health and well-being. And you, Laurie, you've heard me talk about this all the time, but you know, we know even for babies, their three pillars of their health and well-being are their nutrition. So they've obviously got to get the right kind of nutrition and, mm -hmm. and have a good diet. Um, their movement. So they've got to be able to move their bodies, get exercise, mm -hmm. kind of meet those developmental milestones. Um, and sleep. Sleep is that third mm -hmm. pillar of health. But it is so overlooked. And people are so often mm -hmm. surprised to learn that, that sleep is actually mm -hmm pillar of your health and well-being for parents and yep. for babies and for toddlers um and what always really amazed me you know doing this research some things really started to become apparent um and that was the importance of sleep for every aspect of a baby or toddler's life so when we really dig mm -hmm. into it there's a lot of research showing that um, babies who have better sleep, and there's a lot of different ways of measuring sleep, but overall babies who have better sleep tend to do a little bit better than those who have really, really disrupted um, sleep or lots of settling difficulties. And that was a real fascination mm -hmm. for me. Like what are the mechanisms behind that? And we still don't know. The mm -hmm. honest truth is we don't know. We don't know if sleep problems are kind of a um, something that pop up that signal there are going to be other difficulties arising or if the sleep problem itself might actually cause some of those other difficulties mm. arising. And that's something we don't fully understand yet. 
Um, but how fascinating. No, don't, and actually, don't, don't get any scientist on the causation and yeah. um, a correlation discussion, Fallon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are a lot of people who debate this backwards and forwards. But what we generally see are these associations between different sleep variables or sleep factors and outcomes mm. during childhood. And I just find that absolutely interesting. And I really can't wait to see where that goes and what sort of mechanisms might underpin those sorts of um, sort of associations. Um, But what really fascinated me was that despite sleep being one of these pillars of health and well-being and us having some understanding that sleep's really important for healthy development, parents often feel really guilty or Mm. like they shouldn't be trying to change their child's sleep. Um, But they don't hold that that same guilt for other aspects of Mm. health and well-being. So if you know a baby or a toddler has difficulties eating food or drinking milk um you get help for that problem there's no there's no guilt wrapped up in that it's just they've got to eat they've got to get nutrients and so you go and you get help and you might have some sort of treatment you need to do or therapy you need to follow you just do it because it's so important same goes for movement um you know if your baby's born with one hand that isn't seeming to kind of operate the way that it should you absolutely go and you get it checked out you get a diagnosis you might have to go to physio they might have to do some exercises that are uncomfortable sometimes they are even painful um can be really challenging but you just do it because you know they're going to obviously need their hand Um, But when it comes to sleep, you know, there, of course, with sleep, there are um, ups and downs. You know, every baby (laughs) that's ever been born has had periods of rough sleep. But what worries me is that there are babies and toddlers who have really significantly interrupted sleep that's impacting their well-being and impacting the whole family's well-being. Yes. And parents are feeling guilty and that they shouldn't, that, that it's their lot and that they're somehow supposed to just cope with it, wait for their child to grow out of it. Um, But then what we know is that often they don't. They just don't grow out Mm -hmm. of it and problems can stick around for years and years. And it bothered me so much that some parents uh, um, just feel so, um, you know, I think sort of pushed around by these big voices. Mm -hmm. You know, we all know them, social media, TV, whatever. There are people who say very emotionally charged things about sleep Mm -hmm. and what parents should and shouldn't be doing. And that has been a disaster for so many parents. And there are a lot of parents and babies who've really suffered because of that. And that that's, I don't know if these people don't realize that or if they don't care, I don't know. It's a a wild world out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mission, I think this is such a long winded answer, (laughs) but I think it really, I started to think, well, my mission is going to be, to make sure families have sensible, practical strategies that actually work Mm -hmm. so that they can navigate away from terrible sleep patterns and terrible sleep problems. Yeah. Not everyone's going to need them, but where families are really struggling, they need to be able to get help that is not emotionally charged, Mm -hmm. is just free from all the guilt, you know, where they're just getting practical, sensible strategies because sleep is 100% worth protecting. Um, And I hope that all parents start to look at it like that. I hope they look at it like if my baby wasn't eating properly, I would get help. If their sleep is wildly interrupted, I'm going to get help and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah, Um, that's great. mm, So I think that's the angle I come at it. Yeah, Yeah. and I love, um, you know, what you're saying there, Fallon, is that you want to help give parents the permission to seek help for their toddler's 
um, and babies um, sleep problems. It's not um, some. It's not a rite of passage that you have to go through. It's not. You're not doing anything mm. wrong as a parent for wanting to support your toddler to have better sleep. And there are yeah to have good sleep health. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And there are evidence-based approaches that we can use that we know work and we know support infant and toddler mental health, mental well-being. Absolutely. And let's give parents yeah. permission to use use that. Take it directly exactly. to them. Exactly. And mm. yeah, and that's the other thing I was really passionate about was actually making that accessible because it is so hard. Like I know with my own kids, if they need to see a specialist or a pediatrician or something, trying to like find the time to do it. You've got to book an appointment. You might have to wait months to get in. You know, you've got to coordinate everybody's lives around this <laughs> one appointment coming up and it's exhausting. And I just wanted to make that accessible. Mm-hmm. There are families who listen into this podcast who are in really remote areas and they've got no chance of being able to travel for an appointment. Um, just being able to like get access through an online program like what we've created with Sunbell mm. is so important to so many families. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right, Laura, well, will you tell me now? <laughs> <laughs> Can you share a personal experience or maybe a story from one of the families? So we had a few families who trialled the Sunbell program while we were developing it mm-hmm. because having parent voice front and centre is really important to us. So we wanted to create something that parents loved. Um, so could you tell me about maybe, yeah, personal experience or one of the stories from one of those families that particularly touched you or that you feel really exemplifies the positive impact, um, that the Sunbell program can have on a toddler Mm. or their family? Yeah, of course. Um, so one of the families I spoke to had a little two and a half year old, um, daughter, um, and that family had been struggling with, um, tricky sleep for a long time since their toddler turned four months old or since when their their toddler was a baby when they Mm. turned four months old Um, and they had been able to um, make adjustments um, one way or the other you know sharing shifts overnight um, so that you know one parent could sleep Mm. whilst the other one looked after the baby and then toddler Um, And, um, you know, even when the mum went back to work, they were still able to make it um, work. They were exhausted, but they could still make it work. Then um, they had another baby and suddenly Mm. the sleep problems that they were experiencing uh, or that the toddler was experiencing and therefore they were experiencing just became too much when they were also up overnight needing to give the newborn feeds every three or four hours. Um, and mm. so, you know, they were thrilled when um, we offered them the opportunity to trial some bell. And um, it was uh, the, the word that they used to me was that it was life changing um, and it no. was just so transformative. Um, the mum went from needing to um, uh, be with the, uh, her daughter as she went to sleep for <laughs> up. It was extreme, like an hour and a half to two hours every single night um, mm. to being able to put her toddler down into um, her cot, say goodnight, give her a kiss, tell her she loves her and leave the room. And this mum could then, she said it was mm. like being given um, her life back and her connection with the community because she had um, been watching from afar as her mother's group had been able to they were catching up weekly going out for dinner once a week and she couldn't oh, she couldn't do that 
Oh, that's heartbreaking because we so need our community, yes. don't we? Like to miss out on that, that's oh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, so she just um, was so thrilled um, to be able to pop her toddler down and have the option of going out with her friends. Also, her sister was around the corner being able to catch up with her sister without, you know, previously her sister would come mm. around and would be sitting in the sitting room <laughs> whilst this poor mum was going in and out, in and out, in and out to her toddler and the toddler was trying yeah it was terrible for everyone um yeah so she was so so thrilled and the other thing that particularly touched me about this family is the changes that they described in their daughter's mood during the day that was going to be my next question because often there's a huge change in toddlers as well so yeah tell me about that so that they had described their daughter as really happy and bubbly in general but they said mm. after doing Sombel and helping their daughter go to sleep more easily at the start of the night, um, it was like there was another aspect to her personality that was unlocked. And, oh. yeah, they thought that she was happy and bubbly before her sleep was good. And now yes. that because it had been going on for so long, you know, this little yes. girl had had tricky sleep since she was four months old. So really, for the, most of her life, mm. she had not been able to get the restorative sleep that she really needed. Um, yep. And once she was getting that sleep, um, they just described that she was a ray of sunshine and yeah, she was lovely. able to concentrate on different activities for longer than she had done before she really was flourishing in her interests um i think she had some strange interests she was interested in wings and um like uh bees and uh, butterflies and worms and (laughs) anyway this just blossomed um and they just said it was she was she was already a delight but it was so much more amazing and that's what good sleep health is isn't it it's when you're so well rested that you have that space the headspace the I don't know what the word is I'm searching for but you can explore your interests and you can get the most out of interaction so in toddlerhood Mm. they're trying to learn language they're learning about relationships how to share how to play with other children there's so much going on and I know myself if I have a terrible night's sleep I'm not so keen on social interactions you know I I don't want to learn about anything I just want to sleep Um, it's the same for toddlers so and often the toddlers I've worked with have a big change in their appetite as well where they're really keen Mm. more keen on exploring different foods did that family notice any changes there yeah the um Dinner time in particular was the most challenging meal of the day. Okay. Um, and I actually see that quite frequently. I don't know about you, Fallon, but I see that quite frequently in the clinic as well, where the breakfast and lunch can be okay, um, but then mm. dinner time um, can really be affected. And it's almost, be- I think it's because um, the toddler is beginning to start to ratchet up (laughs) as they know that bedtime is coming and they don't want to go to sleep Um, Mm. perhaps they're going to bed a little bit too early which was what was happening in this instance Um, and um, so the toddler knows that they're soon to be asked to do something that they're actually not (laughs) able to do so they're preparing for battle (laughs) they're preparing for battle and they start to think about that during dinner time Mm. 
and then they so they start to feel uptight and they're and cranky then, if something new's put on the plate they've never seen before they don't feel like exploring yes. it they're just like get this away from me no thank you yes. <laughs> uh, so yet yeah, now dinner time is much more enjoyable for the family so they try to have it um, together a few times a week it's not always possible with work um, and whatnot and because they've got the other they've got the little baby to um, look after as well um, but just in general um, she's eating much better at dinner time they can have an enjoyable family dinner if the stars yeah. align and everybody is home from work and daycare and everything at um, a similar time um, and they um, can see that she's getting a good amount of food um, yeah, and has a full good. belly in time for her going to bed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know really this particular great. family that you're speaking of, but I wondered, you know, a lot of parents are really worried that they're going to have to use some really harsh or punitive kind of bedtime approach um, to settling. Was that the case for this family? What did they do for for settling? Yeah, so, um, yeah, they were really um, nervous that they were going to have to um, just put their toddler in her bedroom and shut the door and oh, just let her scream for families yeah 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 and they absolutely did they didn't want to do that before having their second baby mm. and they certainly did not want to do it when they did have the yes. baby because then they they felt that it would be um you know the toddler would be screaming and upset and that would be disturbing the baby and then the baby would be screaming and upset and then it's just not know, conducive with a happy bedtime is it and that's why no. we've specifically designed Sunbell so that no matter what approach parents choose it's supportive and gives them lots of reassurance and genuine love and care and support when they're making you know big changes at bedtime or always settling yeah mm. and they said they were so relieved to read the different approaches and go okay well that one might work for us but we would need to make um a couple of modifications um mm. and they found that the modifications chapter was really helpful um they were settling their daughter in a cot um and um they um, felt that their toddler had some separation anxiety, mm. um, which they were able to identify through the course. Um, and um, they made some adjustments so that they um, stayed really close by to their toddler as she was going to sleep, didn't trigger an anxious response in her, um, and then were able to very gradually um, support her in learning to fall asleep calmly in her cot yeah um, so you're building and, resilience yeah. instead of just being punishing like you're helping yes. them on that journey to become more confident and resilient mm. yeah amazing yeah oh fantastic yeah so i lo it was lovely to hear their feedback and i'm so delighted um that their life has um changed so much and i'm really excited for other families to have that opportunity this week when we launch the program yes, to the wide um, world oh yeah imagine all <laughs> the amazing um you know feedback and stories we're going to hear from families they're my favorite favorite emails to get <laughs> yeah likewise so now i have okay. another question for you fallon okay um so as an expert in sleep science that you are can you explain um to the listeners about how sombell's approach is rooted in scientific research um, and how this scientific knowledge translates into practical solutions for parents and their toddlers? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think what 
some bowel does and actually what we how we approach things in the clinic as well is that you know there's there's sleep science as a field and it's told us all sorts of things about the factors that are conducive with really good sleep and um you know and settled long stretches of sleep and all the rest i think what we really bring to the work we do and to sunbell as well is our understanding of psychological science because mm. that to me is almost as important as the sleep science like really mm-hmm. we have to think about how babies and toddlers how they learn um you know i think it's about um yeah the sort of mechanisms by which they learn and a lot of that comes through parent behavior so you know i guess it factors into things like where you do have those very old school quite harsh and punitive approaches that everybody's heard about where you know people used to say close the door walk away for 20 minutes they'll figure it out you know we know Mm -hmm. that that does not do anything to help a baby or a toddler learn anything really Mm. they're just Mm -hmm. thinking what the heck just happened (laughs) what am I supposed (laughs) to do here now like it's just yeah it feels a bit unfair to not um give them some tools and some skills and and things like Mm -hmm. that. So what we tend to do is look at the psychological science where we know that babies and toddlers are amazing little learners, but they take their cue from our behaviour. And that's where being Mm -hmm. present, being predictable, being responsive to their needs is so crucial, um, such a key Mm -hmm. part of it. If you're unpredictable or moody or, you know, just changing Mm -hmm. what you're doing, it's so confusing for them. So... I would say that we not only bring the sleep science, you know, where we sort of talk about things like um, how they fall asleep is going to have an influence on how often they wake at night and all that side of things, but it's thinking about what's actually happening psychologically for the baby or toddler and putting in place Mm -hmm. strategies that supports them in building new skills and in understanding how the world works and feeling very secure in their knowledge of, of, you know how, how they know that you operate as a parent as well mm. because all parents want to be that really secure base for their toddler or their baby um and i think the the programs you know approaches and the approaches we use in clinic are all about um building upon really secure strong attachment um and those are yeah. skills they're developing that you use across your entire life so it's not just about this one little moment of time um as mm. babies and toddlers develop strong sleep habits um and healthy sleep and really start to um, develop a really strong connection with their parents and understanding of how their parents work at bedtime and and the mm. support their parents are there to provide. It builds just a beautiful foundation <clears throat> yeah. that really influences every aspect of development. Um, yeah. I mean, I did my... Um uh, my PhD in looking at parent-child interactions mm. uh, and the influence on their development. Um, and it's so wonderful being able to um, bring that academic research into practice and being able yeah. to, yeah, to um, share what um, is known in the academic field and the medical field um, and to bring it into um, the Sombell for Toddler program, and also we use it for the Sombell for Babies program too. Mm. Um, and so it's directly to parents. Um, yes, that and that's a yeah. really rare thing, isn't it? Because mm. we have people out there who work in sleep who might not be quite across the research, so there's always going to be a lag. Sometimes it's five or ten years and then 
practices change and adapt to the research but I love that we we're across the research so we can make sure parents sort of get the best available knowledge straight away Mm. like yes that's definitely what (laughs) inspires me with some vows what an incredible thing to bring to families because no one's got five or ten years to wait (laughs) you want want the best approach now not not later yeah yeah all right, and Laura, as we prepare for the launch of the Sombell for Toddlers program, what message would you like to convey to parents who are considering joining our community um, and how does your passion drive the mission of Sombell to provide um, better sleep for families? Yeah, so um, I would like parents of toddlers to know that it's first of all not too late to address any mm. sleep difficulties that your toddler never too has. late you never too never late. too late yeah we so often hear from parents you know sending us emails saying oh my child's now two have i missed the boat um <laughs> you know yeah i'm just like no you have not no. missed the boat you can treat sleep all. problems in a 99 year old person i yes. don't know why people think it stops at toddlerhood it definitely yeah. doesn't so you can, it's not too late if you have a toddler and um, they've never been a great sleeper and um, you want to address it now, that's absolutely fine. Also, if your to- your toddler was previously an awesome sleeper and it's only recently started to have um, sleep difficulties, then this is still the program for you. Mm-hmm. Um and we have a lovely community. Um, we have this weekly podcast where um, you can submit questions to and um, we'll answer them every Monday. Um, and um, so then you can hear us having a nuanced discussion about the particular issue that you're having. Yes. It's very rarely black and white, no matter what people will try to tell you um mm. if they're you know you're trying to decide whether to join the Son bell community or an, or another community um you know just beware um of any um uh, promises where there's definitely going to be um you know your child is going to sleep through the night for, from now and ever more mm. uh, and there's there's one way to do it and this is the only way to do it you know so that's not um that's not the case there's more than one way um, to address mm. sleep difficulties um, and when you join the Sonbell program um, you'll be able to see the different ways um, that you can address the um, difficulty that your family is facing and if um, when you put those um, strategies into place you come across some particular issue which um, you're just not sure how to address you can send us an email and we will have that discussion yeah. together. Yeah, there's so many options in the program to pivot and try something different that are, yeah, explained to parents. Yeah, I feel mm. like it's it's so often the case that when families come back for their review appointments in the clinic with their toddlers, they so often say, I can't believe how quickly that turned around. You know, it might often say to families, you're only a week or maybe two weeks away from having all these sleep problems resolved. Things can mm. turn around really quickly. And so many families just say, oh, my gosh, why didn't I do something earlier? Yeah. Um, so if you're struggling, just like well, they're toddlers, you can really get it sorted now. And then things generally will tend to track along pretty well. Um, but with Sunbell, yeah. you will have that resource there that you can just keep coming back to when you hit a hurdle or think, gosh, what do I do now? You know, suddenly they're sick or they're teething or there's a new sibling on the scenes. You can come mm. back to Sunbell, read a bit about that specific difficulty and get some guidance yeah. going forward so that you can keep pulling sleep back on track. 
um, yeah. as you do too. And gosh, I'm I'm so passionate about it, not only the sleep scientist and the clinician in me, but also from a personal perspective. Um, my children um, had some tricky sleep um, when they mm. were babies and toddlers. And at that point, I wasn't working on sleep in particular. Um, I was working on parent-child interactions, language and mental health development. Um, and I was trying to do that work on minimal sleep. Mm-hmm. Um because the nights were so disturbed um, when my um, ones were very little. Uh, And I, so I personally have felt the implications of disturbed sleep that seems relentless. And Mm. gosh, I wish that back then I had access (laughs) to what we've created. Um, And whilst I, that was a, a missed time for me back then, I'm very passionate to ensure that other parents don't go through that there's no need to yeah they Um, don't have to they they don't have to so um i am really um excited for parents to be able to for us to be able to provide them access to this program so they can realize that they're not alone um it's quite common for toddlers to have tricky sleep and you don't have to live with it it's never too late to address it and there are evidence-based approaches that you can use um and there's people to hold your hand along the way as you do so yeah absolutely i think that's that's beautiful laura and so true you can be right in down in the depths of that sleep deprivation ditch (laughs) but you're never (laughs) that far from being pulled out of it and you've got options there so yeah look thank you so much for tuning in this was supposed to be like a mini bonus episode it's just the length of a regular episode (laughs) but i've loved having this chat and i hope um, our listeners have enjoyed it as well if you're needing help with toddler sleep or baby sleep sunbell has got various options there for you it's all grounded in really sensible science-based advice so if you need help get help you can move through these tricky patches and things can improve that's all for now thanks everyone Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. If you need help with your baby or toddler's sleep or settling, you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic program for babies and toddlers aged 0 to 3 years. It contains all the best resources from the sleep clinics at Infant Sleep Australia, so you can rest easy and soak in your child. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.